0: From the sayings of the Buddha, better than a speech of a thousand vain words is one thoughtful word which brings peace to the mind. Better than a poem of a thousand vain verses is one thoughtful line which brings peace to the mind. Better than a hundred poems of vain stanzas is one word of the Dharma which brings peace to the mind. One who conquers himself is greater than another who conquers a thousand times a thousand men on the battlefield. When you attain victory over yourself, not even the gods can turn it into a defeat. Thank you, Michael. You know, it's interesting writing messages week after week. You have to think, out. you know, what are you going to say? How are you going to do it? Where are you going to come from? What direction are you going to go in? And I finally sit down and, I, you know, sometimes I know what I'm going to, I do know what I'm going to say when I come up here, but sometimes I go in on Monday morning and I, I think, what am I going to say this particular week? And you go through all the topics and you hope, you know, I hope that what I'm going to say is both relevant and will have an effect. That's what you really hope when you do something like that. After you've thought about that, you then have those, the secondary thoughts that come along, two further thoughts. The first thought that is the realisation, that, that reading that we've used a lot from the Tao Te Ching, which is, you know, when you think about having an effect, you've got to remember what it says in the Tao Te Ching, that you do your work and then you step back. That is the only path to serenity. You do your work and you step back. In other words, you know, you just do what you're supposed to do and you don't have to worry about all the stuff that goes on. That is the path to serenity. But then the thought does still come in, how can I be more effective? You know, you're always sort of thinking about that somehow. And I think yeah, as you live your life, you do want to live at that deeper level. And I think it's a right question to ask, you know, how do I live my life at a deeper level? You know, still do my work and step back, but perhaps there's a way I could do it in a way that will give it a chance of, you know, my life having a greater effect and our lives having a greater effect. You see, the thing is, you know, I, I get up here and, you know, we all hear witter on about the nature of transformation. I mean, if you're not been to the Aspen you hear that a lot, you know, transformational consciousness, transformation of this, and wanting the world to be a better place, you know, all that sort of stuff. But you know, the big question is, you know, are we really having any impact at all? Or are we just sort of, you know, whittering on? And the answer to that is really, interesting. it's not really for us to say, actually. How something has an impact isn't, isn't really for us to say. Because the truth is, we, we can't see the bigger picture from where we are looking. We can't see the bigger picture. We can't see it in terms of either time or space. You now, to our minds, someone like Hitler or Gandhi both had huge impacts in their own way. You know, we look at our life and we look at history and we look at, you know, what an enormous impact those people have had. But, you know, what's to say that some little old lady praying in the chapel somewhere or in her room in a special way is not connected to the nature of reality and may have, be having a huge impact on everything just by the nature of, of her beingness. We just don't know where that impact comes from. We only see things from our point of view. We don't see things from the point of view of eternal. So what we might think is important and historic may not be. Who's to say whether me babbling on here has more impact than the thousands of people that Jeannie has welcomed into the office? I mean, yeah, you know, how do you make that comparison? You know, I get up and, and, and say all the stuff here, but she greets people in the office. She, you know, her love in the office, used to say that has an impact. Or the thousands of children that Elaine has nurtured through Tuesday School and through, you know, the Sunday school that we have here, or the music that Susan's brought, you know, who's to say what has the impact? We just, the truth is, we can't tell. You know, it's like, you know, when you're a, a, you know, a, a vicar or a priest or something, you, you like to think you're sort of, you're welcoming the divine into into the place, you know, and you have this image of yourself, you know, welcoming Jesus or whoever it is, or Buddha, you know, very open here, into the space, you know, and if they ever appeared, you'd be the one that opens the door and say, hey, come in, you know. Well, who's to say that in our life, you know, we might just be the doormat that he steps on, you know, or the walls just happen to be there. You know, We have an idea that we are important in this, but we have no idea what our importance is in history. You know, like John the Baptist, he got clear that it wasn't about him, but most of us do like to think it's about us. So it's interesting to realize that we really don't know how the world works or the impact that we can say that we're having or anybody has. These things are too lofty for us, really. I love that phrase that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, the American astrophysicist. He said that the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. (laughs) It doesn't have to explain itself to you. We think we understand it, but it doesn't have to explain itself to you. We don't know the impact that we have. Or the, what our legacy will be, okay, El Greco, Galileo, Henry Thoreau, Edgar Allan Poe, Emily Dickinson, Franz Kafka, Vincent van Gogh. Now, do you know what all those people had in common? Their genius was only fully realised after their death. Isn't that interesting? Emily Dickinson had no idea, as she lay in her room for most of her life, that her poetry would have a huge impact. You know, she, she angered, You know, she had huge angst over the recognition. She had none in her life. And yet now most people have heard about her. They all struggled with their lives. They died, and only then did the impact become known. So we don't know how things are going to pan out. And we don't know the result of anything that we really do. You know, when we think about that, on the one hand, we could just sort of give up and say, you know, who knows anything? What's the point in even trying? You know, it does does feel like that when you really don't know the impact, But the other way of thinking, Eddie, is to say that everything we do could really make a difference. One little touch, one little word to someone. The chain reactions are huge. They can make a huge difference. And it's not about our judgment or it's not about the judgment of others. We truly have to do our work and then step back. And, you know, I feel quite challenged by that. Because you always want to think you're having an impact, don't you? You always want to think, you know, that what you're doing matters. You know? I feel challenged by the fact that I'm I i do not really know. And I wonder if, you know, with all the talk of transformation, you know, and trying our best to be good people, you know, maybe we could be doing something else and, and having more impact. Now I know we can't judge the impact we're having, you know, for all the reasons I've already spoken about, but doesn't it stop it doesn't stop us questioning and and striving. Emily Dickinson strived throughout her life. No, she wasn't given to not striving. She wrote from 3 o'clock in the morning every day, you know, at night. She really worked. You know, we are all a small community here. That's another difficult thing when you, when you start looking at things. And what impact do we have? We're, we're a tiny community here, you know. Maybe our bleating is heard Maybe it has an effect, or maybe we could try it and reach at a deeper level. I love that old joke about the similarity between spirituality and a swimming pool. Do you know, the, the, the link between spirituality and a swimming pool, all the noise comes from the shallow end. <laughs> <laughs> all the noise comes from the shallow end. And to some extent, I can see that, you know, we might make a lot of noise. But are we really working at a deep level? And if not, how do we go deep? I think it's a really good question to ask ourselves. How do we go deeper in our lives? And again, that challenges me. How do I express myself at a deeper level? You know, like the gears on the bicycle, you change down. And by moving the pedals around slower, you create greater traction. Perhaps there's a way that we could slow down. And at the same time, move things from a deeper perspective. That's what what we're wanting to do. And perhaps if we did that, it could make a collective expression that's more effective. Because let's face it, you know, here at the Aspen Chapel, most of us have done every course known to man. I mean, haven't we, if you think about it? You know, est... Transactional Analysis, Group Therapy, Gestalt, TM, any Rajneesh's out here? know yeah, What other courses have you done? What other courses have you done? Attitudinal Healing, yes. What else? What have you done in your life? Leadership. Leadership Training, yes, good. Alpha, what else? Anyone have their colors done? I'm, having my cu- I'm, a, I'm a winter, funnily enough yeah, very important to get your colours done you know. what else, any other courses I mean we've done everything what? Enneagram, yes actually we're having an Enneagram guy coming in February to tell you the truth just because we like courses don't we? but look, all of us have done all these courses and I think in the chapel probably per person we've done the most courses I'm just making this up now the most courses in all Aspen and you might say that you know they've done more courses in California, but some of us have come from California to do more courses in Aspen. You see, yes, exactly that. And collectively, we've probably covered the lot. So where do we go from here? Yeah, you know, even trying to go. Let's have a course on going deeper. You know, that's really what. I, I'm wanting to explore here. You know, how do we move to a deeper expression? How do we not be spiritual junkies? How do we, how do we go down again? Because really, you know, we have to change the, the vibration from me 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 me, which is what it is it's to more, I mean, I, you know, When these when these uh, when these monks come, I always want to have whoa. It's so deep. you I mean, they really are coming from a, whoa, a, deeper, a deeper expression. I, I, You know, I do think it is about the level of, of, of vibration. I think that's it. That's, you know, light, sound, smell, taste, feeling. All, all that stuff is all about the level of vibration that we give out and that we receive. It leads. The level of, of vibration that we give out, however it is, our appearance, all that stuff, you know, it leads to us being either successful in some cases or popular in other cases, or some to be special. It, all that stuff is the sum total of the effect of our vibration. If you look at the word vibrate, it actually means to go to and fro. That's what vibration is. It means to go to and fro. So the way that we move to and fro... All the ways we move to and fro adds up to our vibration, the nature of our expression, the nature of what we give out in our lives. My speaking, the timbre of my voice, the way that I look, the way that I smell, the energy I give out all adds up to the vibration that I am expressing. And my vibration, my going to and fro, will have an effect on what's around me. If I give out an angry vibration you know, it's likely that, you know, I'll have an angry effect. If I do a loving vibration, going to and fro, chances are you have a loving effect. And in the work that we do in the world, both individually and collectively, you know, we have to be aware of that nature of our vibration, what we're giving out all the time. You know, that that phrase that, 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 phrase that Michael read out, you know, one who conquers himself is greater than another who conquers a thousand times a thousand men on the battlefield. Be victorious over yourself and not over others. When you attain victory over yourself, not even the gods can turn it into defeat. And so it is about us being able to master the nature of our expression, to actually Enable that vibration to consciously come through us in some way? And what we're looking at here is is can we consciously have that come somehow at a deeper level? What would make that somehow come at a deeper level? Because that's really what we're about. You know, we're not about rabbiting on about transformation, stuff like that, but actually what we're really about is somehow having an effect. I mean, even, you know, the little ways of having homeless people come and sleep in our church, in our chapel over the winter, is, is a different vibration here. You know, we have to look at how we can make ourselves do that. And, you know, you know we are a small group here, but small groups can have a big effect. You know, small groups, small groups can have a big effect. And it is worth considering that. You know, the obvious example of a small group that had a big effect is obviously the 12 disciples. You know, there is a small group that had a big effect. And then you have other small groups in history. You can look at small groups in history that had a big effect, like you know, the levellers or the chartists. You know, they changed social trends. They started small. You know, Thomas Paine, when he wrote The Rights of Man, suggested that popular revolution is permissible when a government does not safeguard the natural rights of its people. Thomas Paine, in his book, said that popular revolution is permissible when a government does not safeguard the natural rights of its people. And him and his little group that that put that book out really led to the French Revolution and the American Revolution of Independence. I mean, that, that small understanding that was put out created the effect of the French Revolution and the American Revolution. And then you have Gandhi... You know, small groups, Martin Luther King. And you have modern groups, like the Merry Pranksters, the Chicago 7, you know, the Ginsburg set, all of whom made a difference to contemporary culture. So small groups can actually have an effect. And our challenge is to see if we can do that too from here. Something about the Aspen ideal. You know, that's why I'm here. Something about the Aspen ideal, about about the transformation of consciousness, about actually doing that rather than talking about it, about the way that we do relate to each other. We could talk about it, but we could also be it in a different way that would enable us to share that vibration somehow out there. You know, when faced with that question, it always seems, first of all, to come down to practice. And, you know, when you're up doing what I do, you, you do tend to bang the drum of practice. You know, you know, how, you know, do you have a meditation practice? You know, how are we practicing the way of being on our own? And, of course, that does have an impact. That's where we work on ourselves. If you don't have a practice, then I'd recommend you, you take one on. The depth of our practice does undoubtedly have an impact on the level that we express ourselves in the world. And I think it's important to be aware of that and to, to use that to go deeper, not just doing it day after day, but challenging ourselves you know, to put our heart and soul into it and trying to get to that point of true poverty in our practice. And the trouble with practice is you end up going through the motions. You just end up doing it and think, well, I'm doing my practice, that's it. But you've got to really challenge yourself continually. Am I really going deeper, entering into a place of true humility that enables us to be inhabited by that And that's the purpose of meditation, I think, to be inhabited by the ordering principle that's behind all things, that we give up to be inhabited by something else. And and that is going down at a deeper level, to enable us to be an expression of that natural order and to have our vibration bring that order into the universe. And I think a lot of us here do strive to do that, to open ourselves, to not express the mind so much as to express the heart and the soul. But I think also there are other, when I was thinking about this, there are other areas that we could challenge ourselves in, in terms of of enabling ourselves to go at a deeper level. And when I began to think about this, one of the key areas that came up for me to think about in challenging myself to go to a deeper level was the area of disappointment. I think disappointment is a key thing, an unacknowledged thing, In a lot of our lives. And I think it's one of the reasons we don't let ourselves operate at a deeper level. Because I think that a lot of the time we are always at the effect of our disappointment with our lives. Our disappointment with not having a greater effect. Our disappointment with our career. Our disappointment with our relationships, with our health, with our finances, with our general expression and we don't want to face that disappointment because it's it's altogether too much it it just opens up it's such a can of worms you know if we are continually judging ourselves and i think we are you know we are forever falling short in that judgment you know a few weeks ago i spoke about forgiveness and we spoke about the idea The idea of forgiving reality for not living up to our expectations of it. The idea of forgiving reality for not living up to our expectations of it. And that takes forgiveness from just being one person forgiving another to seeing the whole of life as a process of us reconciling ourselves to all that's around us and all that's within us. The whole of our lives is about reconciling us to that. Richard Raw said, to accept reality is to forgive reality for being what it is, almost day to day and sometimes each hour by each hour. Such a practice creates patient and humble people. And he goes on to say that our first forgiveness, it seems to me, is therefore towards reality itself. To forgive it for being so broken and a mixture of good and bad. And our relationship to much of our lives is unforgiven. It is one of disappointment. And that disappointment, I think, stops us from going to a deeper level because we're always disappointed about where we've got to. Just the worst thing you can say to a child, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. And you can just feel, you know, the effect that has that's been said to me a few times. <laughs> and I still not got over it. And, you know, it is the disappoint- it suggests that you've let the side down. And in fact, that's often how we look at our lives, that we're not living up to our expectations to the way that things should be. You know, the modern sense of the word disappointment is to frustrate expectations. That's what it really means, you know, the frustrating of expectation. But actually, the word disappointment <laughs> means something much deeper than that. It comes from the French word desappointer, which means to remove something from office. Desappoint, disappointment, disappointment, to remove something, to take something out of office from its appointed place. Literally, it means to undo an appointment. Disappointed. And I think that our disappointment with our lives makes us remove ourselves from the game disappoint ourselves. We take ourselves out of the game. We remove ourselves from the office of having an effect on our lives. We say to ourselves that our disappointment with what's happened in our life tells us that no good is really going to come from what we do. So we shouldn't expect to have an effect. Because if we do, we'll only be disappointed. So I think to live at a deeper level, for us to go deeper in our vibration are going to and fro, we have to first deal with our overall relationship with our lives, with our disappointment, with our having removed ourselves from the place where we think we can have an effect. We've removed ourselves from that place where we think we can have an effect. I mean, I feel that for myself, you know, although I blabber on a lot. I mean, I do feel, you know, when someone says, you know, are you really going to have an effect, I'll go, well, you know, actually... You know, I've removed myself from the possibility of that, and I wonder if, if you have. You know, is it true for you? You know, you know, what are you disappointed in right now? Are you disappointed with this service, <laughs> with the way that you're sitting there, with the way that you're thinking and feeling, with what you're going to do next, and with whom? Are you disappointed with your partner? Are you disappointed with your family, with your health, with your work? with your relationships, with your sport, with your life. You know, just just see it this week. Just be with it. To see that disappointment and to see if you could move through it. If you could, and this is the key thing that I'm going to go on to next week, if you could reappoint yourself to your life. Reappoint yourself to that place where you, you are able to, in your own mind, to have an effect, to reappoint yourself into that effective place, to reappoint yourself into this service right now, to reappoint yourself into where you're sitting, reappoint yourself into what you're thinking and feeling about what you're going to do next, about your relationship with your partner and your family and your health and your work, with your relationships, to reappoint yourself. And when you do reappoint yourself, when you actually re-engage with your life on a real level, that says, yes, I am able to have an effect. I am able to engage here. Rather than, I'd like to talk about it, but actually I'm quite disappointed with my life and I really don't think I am going to have an effect because it's just a little old me. And I've never really admired it too much anyway up to now. And therefore I'm not really going to do it anyway, but I'll, I'll go through the motions and do all the stuff and say all the stuff. No, you know, to be Thomas Paine, to be that you have to reappoint yourself to that possibility. So next week we're going to look at how one might reappoint ourselves into that place and continue to go into a deeper level. Let's pray. We pray for ourselves, Lord, that you will enable us to engage with our lives in a way that that represents you and represents that spirit. We particularly pray for Jeannie as she goes from this place, that you will bless her and Bud as well, as he stays here uh, until the end of this season, that you will enable us to pass on that blessing that we have to her, that we'll stay in touch with her, and that she'll have a wonderful time where she goes. Pray for our world. Pray that we will be able to reappoint ourselves into our lives and have an effect, and that your love may come through into our world. I pray for those in our community who are Challenged at the moment, Patricia Hill, Will Welsh, Pat Smith, Molly Coman, Barbara Orcutt, Tegan Sullivan, Soleil, Lee Bouguet, Joan Valentine, Anne Lindley, Elise Strickland, pray for Sharon Wells, Anne Bayard, Cindy Bonds, Dave Connorra, Nancy Oaks Hall, Bernard Roboski and Betty van De Veer. We ask you to touch all these people with your healing power in Jesus' name. Amen.